Hello, bonjour, and tante. I'm Paula Simons, and this is Alberta Unbound. Back on March 5th, in a time when gathering in groups didn't seem dangerous or subversive, I convened a panel of thoughtful Albertans to discuss Alberta identity, Alberta alienation, the way we define ourselves as a province, and the future we want to create together. As an independent senator who represents Alberta and the Western region in the Senate of Canada, these were questions I'd been wrestling with myself. So I invited five insightful Albertans with very diverse philosophies, politics, and cultural perspectives to tackle these issues in front of a live audience at the ATB Financial Arts Barns in Edmonton's Old Strathcona Theatre District. Over the course of this five-episode podcast, you'll hear our discussion about what it means to be an Albertan in 2020. We recorded this event while COVID-19 still seemed a distant threat and before oil prices hit negative numbers. And I was worried at first that releasing it now might seem out of tune with these times. But as I listened back to each episode, I realized that this discussion is actually more timely and more urgent than ever, because we need to figure out who we are as Albertans and what we want our province to be as we try to rebuild and redefine ourselves in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. These are the questions we all need to be asking as we pick up the pieces and work to put our communities back together. The panelists you'll hear in this podcast series are Dr. Jared Wesley, a professor of political science from the University of Alberta, Shannon Stubbs, the Conservative MP for the riding of Lakeland, northeast of Edmonton, Dr. Diana Steinhauer, the president of Yellowhead Tribal College, who is an elder with the Saddle Lake Cree Nation in Treaty 6 territory, Omar Mawalam, an award-winning journalist and author, and Doug Griffiths, a former progressive conservative MLA and cabinet minister who is also a writer and economic consultant. Let's just say, I promise you a spirited conversation. We'll begin now with episode one, Who Are You Calling an Albertan? I want to ask you if you define yourself as an Albertan, and what does being an Albertan mean to you? Um, I don't. Um, I, I think like a lot of people... Uh, from Alberta who aren't from Alberta, we identify more closely with the places, places that we were born and raised. Um, so I was socialized uh, into thinking of myself as being Canadian. I'm from Treaty 1 territory in Manitoba. Um, I come from a biracial family, so I don't have many of the ethnic identity elements that a lot of other people carry with them every day. Um, so I think the closest I'll get to saying I'm an Albertan is that I'm a Western Canadian. Um, but I also think that growing up next to Winnipeg and watching the Edmonton Oilers beat us in every <laughs> playoff series uh, made being an Albertan that much more difficult. But my daughters will probably grow up to identify as Albertan. Right. Shannon? That's very interesting. Um, yes, without a doubt, I, I do uh, deeply and strongly self-identify as an Albertan. But I can tell you um, the worldview from which I approach that, it's as a first-generation Albertan um, with a father and his family from Nova Scotia, with a, a deceased mother and her family from Newfoundland, with a stepmom and all her family from Ontario and Quebec, and um, who was born and raised on a farm in the rural area that now I represent, along with my husband, who comes from, though, a multi-generational, more than 110 years of, um, of Albertans. So, um, yeah, I very much self-identify um, 
with uh, my provincial membership and I hope that we can get into some of these characteristics uh, throughout the evening but I would say that there is a binding um, quality for Albertans and Albertans by choice and it is around you know risk-taking innovative adventurous ambitious aspirational imaginative um, self-reliance frankly brave people who have come and uh, and built our province all together in a relatively young life within our diverse federation. And Diana, what about you as a, as a First Nations person? Do you identify as an Albertan? I want to first acknowledge um, the creator in giving us this beautiful day and acknowledge and state as though I'm shaking hands with each one of you that I'm happy that you are here. I also want to acknowledge the territory of the Papas Jazz people whose lands that we occupy at the moment and that we're uh, privileged to sit together and discuss this topic together. And in answer to that question, I am a member of a distinct uh, legally binding nation, nation or distinct separate nation that negotiated distinct legally binding um, political and economic agreements in the form of treaties that are still in force <coughs> and effect today. So my ancestry predates Alberta. Alberta became a province as a result of the treaties and the treaties were not land surrenders. We are still underlying title holders to all the lands that Alberta claims and the NRTA Act is basically um, was never consented to by our nations and Therefore, we are identified within the NRTA as subject to other interests. And Alberta has, therefore, administrative control over lands, and we have never given our consent. So I just want to put that out there as that's who I am, and that's my position in terms of Alberta. So I predate Alberta. And as a result of those treaties, allowed for settlement and immigration on our lands because we shared these lands. They weren't sold under treaties. So I just want to clarify that. Thank yeah. you for the question. All right. Yeah. And Omar. <coughs> yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in Slave Lake, or I was born in Slave Lake, grew up in High Prairie. And save for three of my 34 years, I've lived in Alberta. I, you know, flirted briefly with Vancouver, but you know, that wasn't, a, you know, it was never going to work out between us. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, and and um, but I used to, I think I used to kind of shy away from that a little bit because I, I felt like I didn't really fit in with the. Um, I don't know if we want to call it like the Alberta stereotypes or just sort of the the immediate image that people have of Albertans or even the, the image that I, uh, the characteristic that, that I conjured when I thought of Albertans. And maybe there's a little bit of, uh, 
shame as well in, in, in addition to that not feeling like I didn't quite fit in. But now I, I kind of want to reclaim it. I want people to know that uh, I'm Alberta. I'm very proud of that um, because I, I think that people have this idea of who Albertans are, what they stand for, what their values are. I'm talking about people outside of this province, but you know, people within it as well. And um, I, I usually don't share a lot of those stereotypical values, and I want people to know that an Albertan can uh, kind of defy their stereotypes. So yes, very Albertan. And Doug? I'd have to say that um, it's evolved for me. I mean, I grew up in rural Alberta in a small town, and, and I have to admit, I. I grew up with this um, chip on my shoulder that I was a rural Albertan, which made me different from everybody else because we were hardworking and independent and entrepreneurial, and we were kind and neighborly and we supported each other. But leaving rural Alberta and experiencing the rest of Alberta and the rest of the country and then the rest of the world, um, there's nothing that made us different than anybody else. And so I'd say <laughs> I've met hardworking, kind, entrepreneurial people everywhere I've been. and since I focus on community building everywhere I've been in North America and Europe and Asia, I mean, everybody's like that. And I've found that I, I identify less and less as Alberta's distinct or different, and I've found more identity in common around the globe. And so I, I guess I'm still an Albertan, but I would say I'm a Canadian first. All right. So Alberta exceptionalism is... <laughs> is not but, but I think that's true. I mean, when I wrote my... To apply to be a senator, you have to write an essay about why you would make a good senator. And, and so I wrote an essay in which I said, because I like this line and I keep recycling it, I am an Albertan down to the marrow of my beefy, beefy bones. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that is a great line. I'm not quite sure what that means, but, but it got me my Senate seat. And so, but, but I, 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 think, I think there is always that tension because we are proud Albertans, but I think for each of us that means a different thing. And I think sometimes the Alberta exceptionalism, you know, you do think, well, you know, are we that unique? You know, have we cornered the market on a particular kind of Albertan virtue? And so I want to turn to Jared because you have spent the last few is it months, months mm -hmm. speaking to all kinds of Albertans, you know, the severely normal Albertans that, uh, that Premier Klein liked to invoke, and, and so, so also probably some severely abnormal Albertans. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what have you found about what Albertans believe, not just about themselves, but, but what they think their neighbors think Albertans are? Right, so, I'll, well, I'll skip to the punchline, and I'll tell you how I got there. Okay. Um, um, what we found is that most Albertans share a common sense of what an average Albertan is. But only a small fraction of Albertans actually see themselves in that image. And I think this speaks to what you were talking about, Omar. So we've been spending the last uh, four months speaking with over now, uh, what are we up to, 1,200 Albertans. Um, studying their public opinion through a survey of 800 of them, but but I think the more innovative piece was that you were talking about earlier is is our focus groups, which we've done with over 400 Albertans in eight different communities across the province. And the best way for me to explain this research is to actually guide you through the first activity. So we usually provide sharpies and paper, but you can do this in your mind. So <laughs> if you feel so inclined, um, please feel free to close your eyes. It works better if you do. Okay, folks at home can do this too. Um, I'm going to give you a simple instruction. In your mind's eye, 
I want you to draw me an Albertan. Okay, now don't fight, fight the tendency to rewrite what the first image that popped into your head was. Okay, I want you to go back to the first image that popped into your head. Now that Albertan could be standing next to something, standing in front of something, behind something, could be doing something. We did this in Saskatchewan too, and uh, one person drew a, a, a man standing beside a tree uh, and a hill, and I said, what's with the tree and the hill? And he said, it's the only tree and hill in Saskatchewan. But anyway, <laughs> um, now that Albertan could be, uh, could be wearing something, holding something, okay? So I want you to just emblazon that image in your mind, okay? Now I want you to name that Albertan. Give that Albertan a name. Okay? And I want you just to think for a brief second about their backstory, where they come from, what they do, do they have family, and so on. Now we've done this exercise with 400 Albertans. What do you think we see in those images? How many people drew a cowboy? Or a rancher of some kind? <laughs> a farmer? farmer? An oil field worker? Okay. Better question, how many people drew somebody who wasn't male? A fraction, right? How many drew somebody who wasn't white? A fraction, right? And what we found through follow-up interviews with, with folks that raised their hand with those last few questions is that um, they were conscious in doing so. That the first image for most of them that popped into their mind was that stereotypical Albertan. So we use that image then to guide them through a series of activities. We asked them, I, I don't, didn't care about their, their personal opinions in these focus groups. I told people that. I don't care what your personal opinion is. I want you to tell me what Stan thinks. I want you to tell me what Joe thinks. It's, incidentally, most of the names started with J. I named mine Jerry, so. Right? Yeah. Really? How many people did somebody with a J, it starts with a J? Joe, John, Jake, Jacob, Jacob, Jingleheimer, Schmidt, or something like that. <laughs> Has to do with biblical, actually, a lot of J names are biblical. So you can delve into these pictures alone would tell us a lot, but we did more. We said, now, pick which one is the, is the quintessential Albertan among the eight people that were around the table, and it was usually Joe, Stan, and so on. We asked them, how much power do you think Joe has in Alberta society? They said a lot. How much does politics revolve around Joe? They said, almost always. Is this how Albertans see themselves? As a like the, the most quintessential Albertan? This is how Albertans see, them, see, see the quintessential Albertan. What about people from outside the community? This is how they see them. So there was consensus on what it meant to be the quintessential Albertan. Yet I looked around that table, and very few people <coughs> looked like that. We then asked them to go through a series of activities reacting to things like political cartoons. Would Joe find this funny? What would Joe think about this particular news story or this particular policy initiative? And we came to understand that there is a lot of consensus as to what are the clear boundaries of political correctness and social acceptability in Alberta. That's the political culture that we found. And there's a consensus around that, as there is in most communities. A political culture is not what everybody agrees with in terms of their personal opinion, but it is still very powerful. It tells us things like we should not go out on a limb and propose a PST. Why? Because Joe would never go for that. Right? Or we should not um, change uh, saying, happy holiday, or saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, because Joe wouldn't go with that.
Right. Um, but interestingly, I'll close on this, Paul, because I know we want to move on. But um, the average Albertan Joe does see a role for government in a lot of things. Joe does see a role for them in health care and seniors' care. And we probed, Joe, probed things about Joe's attitudes towards persons with disabilities, other marginalized groups, including the LGBTQ community. Joe actually is pretty laissez-faire when it comes to that kind of stuff. He's not socially conservative in that way. And we can talk about how that is actually what we see when we see public opinion surveys that show that Albertans aren't any more right-wing than the rest of Canada. I'd say, no, they just don't prioritize those people's issues, <coughs> those communities' issues. So anyway, that's what we've learned so far. That's after four months worth of research. So I wanted to, to get your reactions to that. Um, Maybe, Omar, I'll start with you, because I'm going to pop around here. I mean... I'm, I'm surprised by my own uh, lack of imagination in that experiment. Because my... <laughs> I mean, my, my parents are Lebanese immigrants. Uh, my extended family has been living and, and settling in um, Treaty 6 and Treaty 8 um, in southern Saskatchewan since... Oh, as early as 1910. Um, so, you know, I know that that's not true. I, but, you know, um, Riley, I named him Riley, uh, was <laughs> the first guy that popped in, in my head. And he was, you know, pretty much Joe, less religious than yeah. the, the Joe Joe's not that religious. you... Uh, <laughs> um, he's totally fine with Happy Holidays, uh, Riley, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised by the fact that, like, I grew up in an environment where... Um, a lot of the people, almost all the people that were closest to me um, did not look or sound like Joe, and yet, um, and there were dozens of them all around me, and yet when I think of, of, of an Albertan, I don't think of the people on my own family tree and my own ethnic community. Yeah, I mean, and what does that say? That, I mean, my family, like on, on the Jewish side of my family, they've been here for, like, <clears throat> since the, the early, early 1900s, but... Do Jewish people, are those real Albertans? You know, I mean, do I... It's interesting, because when people think of an Albertan, they don't think of a Muslim, they don't think of a Jew, they don't think of a Sikh. Um, and sadly, a lot of the time, they don't think of an indigenous person, even though they got here first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the question, I think, of this panel is, you know, what is Alberta culture? How do we define it? And I'm, I'm not sure if there is an Alberta culture. As Doug was saying, I mean, what we think of as Al Alberta values are, are maybe just like attitudes that are um, universal but maybe more prevalent here. Um, but if anything, I think there's an Alberta mythology. There's an Alberta story that we tell ourselves, include, like that I tell myself, mm -hmm. um, not actively, it's just, it's there. And I tell myself it every day, um, just sort of in the background. And um, I think that's something that is uh, really easy for, uh, for politicians to pander to. I think that's something that uh, it's easy for corporations to pander to. Um, but it's really difficult for anyone to kind of break through that story, to unravel that story and tell a new one. Thank you so much for listening to Who Are You Calling an Albertan? episode one of our podcast, Alberta Unbound. Thank you to panelists Jared Wesley, Shannon Stubbs, Diana Steinauer, Omar Mualam, and Doug Griffiths. And thanks, too, to the standing room only Edmonton audience who joined us at the Art Barns, where we recorded this conversation on March 5th, 2020. 
you'll be able to hear the rest of our talk over the next four episodes. The Alberta Unbound podcast was edited and produced by Ame Charnalia, and the Alberta Unbound live event was produced by Cynthia Wagner, with thanks to the whole team at Fringe Theatre Adventures. I'm Senator Paula Simons. Thank you, merci, and hi-hi. Hi.